Greetings and welcome to another episode of From John to Justin. As usual, we looked at all the Prime Ministers in Canadian history, then we looked at every election in Canadian history, and right now we're making our way through every opposition leader who never became Prime Minister. If you like, you can support the podcast for $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. There's several different tiers, and with each tier, you get new benefits. And I'll be releasing a new, really interesting nine-part series in December. And you'll be able to get every single episode all at once if you're part of the $10 and more tier. As well, if you want, you can donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking Donate. Every dollar you give helps keep all of this going. I have this podcast and I have Canadian History X and it's a lot of work and I do it from my home, just me, writing, research, everything. So every dollar you give, as I said, goes straight to me and it stays with me. If you like, you can email me at craig at CanadaEHX.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. Before I start this episode, I want to say sorry, because this episode and the next one actually are both pretty heavy with French, and I am in the process of learning French, and I think I'm doing not too bad. I'm starting to make headway and starting to understand how you speak it, but if I mispronounce anything here, I sincerely do apologize. Next year, I'd actually like to spend a few weeks in Quebec so that I can really be ingrained in the language and learn it as best as possible and maybe one day become fluent. But anyways, here is this episode where there is a lot of French and I do hope I pronounce as much as possible correctly. Arguably one of the most influential men to ever be leader of the official opposition but not become prime minister was Lucien Bouchard. His role as a founding member of the Bloc Québécois would completely change Canadian politics forever. For almost a century, Quebec had always been the power base of the Liberal Party. But with this new party and Bouchard at its helm, winning the province and gaining majority government became much harder. So who was Lucien Bouchard? And how did he go from being the Quebec lieutenant of the Progressive Conservatives to becoming the leader of a brand new party? Lucien Bouchard was born in Alma, Quebec to Alice and Philippe Bouchard on December 22, 1938. After graduating from Jean-Pierre Classical College in 1959, he would earn a bachelor's degree in social science and a degree in law from Laval in 1964. One year later, he would be called to the bar, and while at law school, he would become close friends with a fellow student who would have a massive impact on his life, Brian Mulrooney. The two men became extremely close friends in a friendship that would last decades. Bouchard would state, quote, We both came from small regions. His father was an electrician while mine was a truck driver. We're both from modest backgrounds. That marks people you know. End quote. It was also at Laval that Bouchard became a prominent NDP activist in the area and the editor of the newspaper. One friend would state, quote, Lucien was far and away the smartest guy in our class. He was the one who impressed us all as someone who would be a great success in any career he chose. He is blessed with a superior intellect. End quote. Bouchard had hoped to study in France and become a professor of economics, but money was tight and he had to put his pursuit of more degrees on hold. On October 15, 1966, Bouchard married his first wife, Jocelyn but the couple would eventually divorce, and he would then marry Audrey and have two children with her. 
For the next two decades, Bouchard would practice law in Quebec while also serving in the public sector several times in a variety of roles. He was the president of the Arbitration Committee for the Education Sector from 1970 to 1976, the Prosecutor-in-Chief for the Commission for Labour and Industry from 1974 to 1975, and the co-president of the Study Commission on the Public and Parapublic Sectors in 1975. His appointment as a counsel for the 1974 Commission into the violence in the Quebec labour scene was thanks to his friendship with Mulroney. His appointment came at the perfect time for Bouchard. He had left a liberal law firm in 1971 after joining the Parti Québécois, and his new law practice was struggling before the appointment came. His interest in politics was growing at the time. Originally, he was a liberal, but beginning in 1970 when the Quebec October crisis happened and the implementation of the War Measures Act by Prime Minister Pierre Trudeau, this served as a spark for his interest and a belief in Quebec sovereignty, and it pushed him to the Parti Québécois. In 1976, the Parti Québécois won the general election in Quebec, and Bouchard would become the chief negotiator for the government with the 300,000 public servants who worked for the provincial government. He also became close friends with Premier René Lévesque, and would remain close with him until his death. In 1980, he would work for the Yes side in the Quebec referendum over its independence, and Bouchard would state, quote, Quebec must be strong. Now I regret that we said no, it was a blow to Quebec. If we had succeeded, it would have been a great idea. Since we lost, it was not. Quote. Four years later, one of the most important events in Bouchard's life occurred when his friend, Mulroney, became Prime Minister of Canada. One year after Mulroney became Prime Minister, he appointed Bouchard as the ambassador to France, a role Bouchard would remain in until 1988. This post came not only because of his friendship with Mulroney, but because he led Mulroney away from a centralized federalist approach similar to that of Trudeau, and pushed him towards decentralization federalism. Many questioned the appointment due to Bouchard's history of supporting separatism in Quebec. Bouchard would respond, quote, I suppose there could be a bad image projected, but I think I'm a guy of good faith, end quote. He would then add that there was no contradiction to serve his country while also believing, quote, Quebec must be a distinct entity, perhaps in the Federation, end quote. For Bouchard, he saw his post in France as realizing his earlier dream of living in France and studying economics. He would state, quote, Call it destiny or luck, but my job here resembles what I originally wanted to do, even though I never thought I would attain it this way. End quote. Of his time in France, Bouchard would state, quote, When I went to Paris, everyone said, How will you be able to reconcile the interests of Quebec and Canada? I knew I could do it. If we have the differences, and we do, we must settle them here, not in Paris. It is just common sense. End quote. Mulroney would state of the appointment, quote, In effect, Lucien Paris will be not only the reflection of our reality, but the man who carries our aspirations, the privileged spokesman for the place our country must make for itself on the international scene. End quote. Mulroney would ask Bouchard to run in a by-election in 1986 in the writing of Jean Chrétien, but that didn't happen after it became known that Bouchard was romantically involved with Denise Bombardier, who was a controversial host of a Radio Canada news show. Finally, in June of 1988, he was elected to the House of Commons as a member of the Progressive Conservatives, becoming the Quebec Lieutenant for Mulroney. Bouchard had been chosen as the Secretary of State before he was elected, and he would join the House of Commons through a by-election after a large amount of federal spending from the Progressive Conservatives flooded into the riding. 
That funding was essential to Bouchard getting elected. In his autobiography, Bouchard would state that he was humiliated campaigning in Lac Saint-Jean in 1988 when he discovered few voters knew who he was or even what campaign he was on. Mulroney would even go and campaign on the behalf of Bouchard in an effort to get him elected. The party deeply wanted Bouchard elected, seeing him as someone who could help them with the concerns of Quebec. One progressive conservative would state, quote, Bouchard is star material. He could work some magic for us. End quote. Bernard Waugh, the principal secretary for Mulroney, would state, quote, He would be a formidable opponent in any challenge he tackles. He won't like me saying this, but they all find him charming. I think it's the dark hair and the dark eyes in his way with words. End quote. Bouchard would win that by-election and soon after became the Minister of the Environment as well as the Secretary of State. Only a few months after he was elected in that by-election, Bouchard was now back on the campaign trail for the 1988 federal election. In the campaign, about 20 of Bouchard's campaign signs were vandalized, usually with a groucho marks glasses and mustaches painted on his face. When one sign was placed on the Alma Hospital front lawn, Outraged workers pressured the administration to get Bouchard's campaign to take it down. His belief in an independent Quebec had not disappeared either, even though he was now a member of the federal government. As the Meech Lake Accord negotiations began with the goal of persuading the government of Quebec to endorse the 1982 constitution, Bouchard believed that it would help placate nationalist feelings in the province. That changed when Jean Charest, who headed the commission, recommended changes to the accord. Bouchard was heavily against these changes, which he felt diluted the spirit of Meech Lake. His old friend Mulroney rejected the worries of Bouchard. Soon after, Bouchard stated that he was a sovereignist and he sent a message to the Parti Québécois, which was holding an anniversary meeting in his writing, that stated, quote, René Lévesque's memory will unite us all this weekend. He was the one who led the Québécois to realize they had the inalienable right to decide their own destiny, end quote. This telegram angered Mulroney, who promptly fired Bouchard, while Bouchard was already planning to resign. By this point, the two old friends were barely talking. Mulroney would say years later that he considered firing Bouchard when Bouchard supported a ban on English-language signs in Quebec after he promised Mulroney he would oppose them in 1988. Bouchard would tell Mulroney that he would resign if he sent a letter to the Quebec Premier reprimanding him about the ban on English on outdoor signs. Mulroney would say later that not firing Bouchard then was a mistake. Good evening. In less than 24 hours, he's touched off a political and a constitutional storm that politicians are still coming to grips with, and it's not over yet. Lucien Bouchard, yesterday one of the most important ministers in the government of Canada, tonight an independent member of parliament. A man slamming the Commons report on Meech Lake as a humiliation, a man calling Quebec sovereignty a real option. His resignation came in private yesterday evening and in public today. Tonight, no one's making bets on Meech Lake, and a few are warning of a bleak future for Canada itself. First from Ottawa, our chief political correspondent, David Halton. Prime Minister Mulroney arrived on Parliament Hill this morning to face the worst political crisis of his career. More than an hour later, looking grim and depressed, Mulroney emerged from a special meeting with his Quebec ministers. He called the meeting to try to stop Bouchard's move from turning into a wider rebellion in the Quebec Tory caucus and from choking off any last hopes to save the Meech Lake Accord. What Mulroney couldn't stop was Bouchard announcing his departure in the most politically damaging way possible. Je ne peux supporter de garder le silence 
I cannot stay silent about the government strategy, Bouchard said, the strategy of using the Sherry Committee report as the basis for a companion resolution to the Meech Accord. The government, Bouchard said, is making an alliance with those who want Quebec to continue to be humiliated. But Mulroney assured MPs that he will never isolate Quebec or weaken the original Meech Lake Accord. Mulroney also had to face the implications of a devastating letter of resignation that Bouchard delivered yesterday to 24 Sussex Drive. The letter, now public, says the Sherry recommendations to add to Meech Lake are a hypocritical corruption of the original accord. Bouchard suggests that sovereignty association is now the only option for Quebec. The two friends would never speak again after the firing of Bouchard over the party Quebecois message. Mulrooney, who by all accounts considered Bouchard to be his best friend, was deeply hurt by the rift in their relationship. One confidant of Mulrooney would state, quote, It was like a death in the family. The test of Brian's feelings is measured not in anger, but in sadness, and I haven't seen him this upset since his father died. End quote. Bouchard resigned from the party soon after his firing on May 21, 1990, and he would sit as an independent. Bouchard would state of his resignation, quote, We have to stop desperately trying to force Quebec into the same mold as the other provinces. Aside from the legal arguments, there's a more compelling reason. Quebecers refuse to accept it. Their own experience of reality bursts the mold. As the tribulations of the Meech Lake Accord show, English Canada did not take Quebec's minimal demands seriously. If you start by negotiating on your knees, there's a strong risk that you will end up on your belly. It hurts me to say all this, particularly to you, and it probably hurts you even more to hear it, but I did what I had to do. End quote. When Meech Lake failed, Bouchard formed the Bloc Québécois with five Quebec MPs, three from the Progressive Conservatives and two from the Liberals. The founding meeting for the new party was on June 15, 1991. At the time, Bouchard would state, quote, We mean business. This country doesn't work anymore and we have to remake it. End quote. Good evening. There are two new words in Canada's political vocabulary tonight. Bloc Québécois. It's a new political group that will fight for Quebec's sovereignty from the floor of the House of Commons. It begins life with seven members of Parliament. They're led by Lucien Bouchard, the former Conservative cabinet minister, and they consider themselves to be official voices for a sovereign Quebec in Ottawa and in English Canada. Neil Macdonald has more from Montreal. Canada's newest federal political alliance has an unusual distinction. That is, if Lucien Bouchard and his six fellow members of the Bloc Québécois achieve their goal, they cease to exist. We work in Ottawa uh, under the flag of sovereignty of Quebec. Our trust, our goal is not hidden. There is nothing subversive in what we are doing. They are all disaffected ex-Tories, with the exception of Jean Lapierre, a former liberal and bitter enemy of Jean Chrétien. They were galvanized by the failure of the Meech Lake Accord, and they're determined to show English Canada the consequences. Everyone that thought that it was going to be business as usual the day after, you're in for a big surprise. Lapierre doesn't agree with the former Tories on every issue, but the Bloc Québécois has nonetheless drawn up a manifesto. In it, the seven MPs say they consider the Quebec National Assembly to be in law and in fact, the supreme democratic institution of the Quebec people. 
And they promise they will demand from the federal government the full share that Quebec is entitled to as a founding partner and major contributor to the Canadian Federation. A federal by-election race is underway in Quebec now, and happily for the Bloc Québécois, it's in the strongly nationalist Montreal riding of Laurier-Saint-Marie. The Bloc Québécois candidate is Gilles Duceppe, a union negotiator and the son of a prominent Quebec comedian. Duceppe already has the support of the provincial Liberals, the Quebec New Democrats, and the Parti Québécois. But federal leaders like Herb Gray question the legitimacy of the Bloc Québécois. Many Canadians will wonder how they feel they can uh, uh, be here to work for a sovereign Quebec when they are not elected on that basis, and uh, whether it is uh, fair for them to uh, spend taxpayers' money uh, for that purpose. But the Bloc Québécois has an answer to that. They say that Quebec is still a part of Canada, and denying Quebec nationalists a voice in the federal parliament would be taxation without representation. Neil MacDonald, CBC News, Montreal. In 1992, Bouchard would release his autobiography titled Unveiled, and many found it lacked any sensational stories of Bouchard's rise in Canadian politics. He would say, quote, I did not want to cause pain for anyone. I left out some of the most intimate conversations and really tried to be objective, end quote. Many may not have expected much from the Bloc Québécois, but when 1993 rolled around, Canadian politics was ready to take a huge turn. I covered this astounding election a month ago on this podcast, so go check it out. In the 1993 election, the Bloc Québécois picked up 54 out of 74 ridings in Quebec, sweeping nearly all of the francophone ridings. Even though the party only ran in Quebec, it had enough seats just from that province to form the official opposition. At his victory speech, Bouchard stated, referring to the failed Charlottetown Accord, quote, a year ago tomorrow night, Quebecers said what they didn't want. Tonight, Quebecers have started to say what they do want. When we go to Ottawa, we will be responsible, respectful of parliamentary democracy, and ready to establish a real dialogue with English Canada. But a real dialogue is only possible if it rests on reality. We will behave with honesty and respect towards the Canadian people. End quote. For the first time in Canadian history, neither the Liberals nor the Conservative Party formed the official opposition, and Bouchard became the first separatist leader of the opposition in the history of Canada. Bouchard would state, quote, Quebecers not only sent a completely new team to Ottawa, but they gave their elected representatives the mandate to get prepared to bring about a new order. End quote. And what an opposition the Liberal MPs will be facing. In an incredible change, the official opposition in Canada will be a party devoted to Quebec sovereignty. And next to the Bloc Québécois, another regional bloc, the Reform Party, with all but one of its MPs elected in the West. We have two stories on the parties who have taken over the opposition benches, starting with Tom Kennedy in Quebec. Just 12 hours after addressing supporters here in his hometown, Lucien Bouchard was back up on the same stage, once again reassuring the country, we'll play by the rules, we won't disrupt Parliament. I think that it's not possible to pave the road to sovereignty in raising hell. I don't believe in that. Uh, people in Quebec would never, never forgive the bloc members if they would resort to those tactics. And he insists a Quebec sovereignist can do it, can represent the interests of all Canadians. Jobs, public spending, uh, cleanup, deficit control, all this is, um, 
a common preoccupation of Quebecers and Canadians. Last night, here was Bouchard sitting with his advisors, watching the results come in. While he planned what to say to Quebecers and the country, sovereignists elsewhere were savoring a triumph. In Montreal, Parti Québécois leader Jacques Parizeau. Pas dire, surtout les deux tiers des députés du Québec disent, nous voulons un pays. Two-thirds, he gloated. Two-thirds of all Quebec MPs say they want their own country. A sign, he said, of what's to come. Premier Robert Bourassa called that reaction legendary triumphalism. Sovereignists, he said, are reading too much into the bloc victory. Well, I believe it's a protest vote... Uh which is uh, comparable to the protest vote we had in Western Canada. But nobody doubts the success of this man has fundamentally changed Parliament. For him, Canada is two nations. He will use Parliament to argue that point. And the other nation, he said, has no choice but to listen. I will uh, try very hard. And I will never take a no for an answer. Never. Bouchard quickly found that many of his opposition caucus MPs could not speak English well enough to debate using it in the House of Commons. The founding members of the party had all been bilingual, and as a result of this he would announce a policy that exists to this day, stating that Bloc Québécois MPs would only speak French on the floor of the House of Commons. Only a year after he took the Bloc Québécois to such a great height, Bouchard would receive horrible medical news when it was discovered he had a flesh-eating disease in his leg. The rare disease caused by several different bacteria is usually fatal with 80% of those stricken with the disease dying from it. Within two days of the diagnosis by doctors on December 1, 1994, Bouchard had his leg amputated. When told that his leg had to be amputated, Bouchard stated, quote, My life is more important than my leg. End quote. The process took three operations over the course of two days to stop the spread of the bacteria. During the operation, Bouchard was conscious as his leg was amputated at mid-thigh. Jacques Parizeau, the Premier of Quebec, would say, quote, Our prayers are with you. I hope this will soon be just a bad dream. Hold on, my friend. End quote. Prime Minister Jean Chrétien would state, quote, At moments like this, we put political differences aside to express our personal solidarity with the suffering of a fellow human being. End quote. It started Tuesday afternoon. Bouchard complained of the flu and pains in his left leg. Doctors say he had phlebitis, inflammation of a vein that often causes blood clots. He also had an infection in his leg. Doctors operated twice to drain the infection. Then they amputated his entire left leg. Former PQ cabinet minister Claude Charon went straight to the hospital as soon as he heard the news. I live one street away from here. And I just came here to, to know if you people knew more than what I've been told on the news so far, because what we know is uh, already very bad. Many reporters plan to huddle all night outside the hospital waiting for any update about Bouchard. His wife, Audrey, is inside with him. People walking into the bloc's Montreal headquarters had nothing to say about how Bouchard was doing. What's terrible is that only will be walking with difficulty for a, for a while, but but it's not sure yet, and that's what I was coming to check with you, if, if his life is not in danger. The 55-year-old opposition leader was last seen at the Bloc Québécois National Council meeting last weekend. He had the flu, but still went to a dance. 
That's when his leg started hurting. His condition worsened after he checked into the hospital two days ago. Bouchard would return to Parliament on February 22, 1995. Good evening. The House of Commons put human compassion ahead of politics today. The occasion was Lucien Bouchard's return to Parliament after a near-death experience. MPs wished him well and Bouchard expressed his gratitude. Then he resumed the political fight of his life, the fight for Quebec independence. Here's our chief political correspondent, Jason Moskowitz. Every move was watched and recorded. Lucien Bouchard was back. He didn't come back as the separatist. In these special circumstances, Bouchard didn't come back as a politician. First and foremost, he came back as a human being. Most members of his party hadn't seen him since his grave illness. The moment they had wished for, the magic moment many had prayed for, was before them. A block member who broke his ankle provided an opportunity to joke. A laugh was badly needed to ease the buildup of emotion. I would like to, to say thank you to all the Canadians, despite of the different opinion that we might have in our country, that have shown to the leader of the opposition their sympathy and moral support. Preston Manning showed Bouchard the greatest of respect when, for the first time, he spoke exclusively in French in the House of Commons. La Québécois members cheered his determined effort. Then the moment Bouchard had said in an interview would mean the most to him. The chance to stand up. The opportunity to do his job again in the Commons. We come back in this chamber with a renewed hunger for life. Time is so precious, and there is so much left to do. After a full day, Bouchard went to the National Press Theatre to answer questions. He looked tired, but proud to be there. I will be as active as I were before. That's why I'm here. I'm back. I'm really back. In 1995, Bouchard signed an agreement with Jacques Parizeau and Maria Dumont, which began to map out the road to a referendum on independence. This afternoon, Jacques Parizeau, Lucien Bouchard and Mario Dumont made it official and signed their agreement to form a new coalition in Quebec. The PQ, the Bloc Québécois and the Action Démocratique Party have agreed to work together for a yes vote in the Quebec referendum. They'll be asking Quebecers to vote for a new association with Canada and if the rest of Canada rejects that association, Quebec will go it alone. Jacques Perizot says it's a strategy that will guarantee independence. Opposition leader Daniel Johnson calls it bogus. I asked our national reporter in Montreal, Bernard Saint-Laurent, to explain how powerful this new alliance and their strategy might be. Well, Alain, it's a very, a potentially a very powerful alliance. Uh, you know that uh, Jacques Parizeau and uh, Lucien Bouchard together, uh, about 40% of Quebecers support them. Mario Dumont uh, represents the, the, the soft nationalists, the people who want uh, basically a new deal with the rest of Canada, who aren't necessarily ready to go all the way. Public opinion polls gauge his, uh, support for the Action Démocratique at about 15%, so that would put the, uh, the sovereignists over the top. The problem, though, is, is that... Um, uh, all those same surveys show that n about 75% of Dumont's supporters, although they want a, a, a substantial change, aren't ready to vote for outright sovereignty. So uh, it's potentially very powerful, but uh, he may not be able to deliver all of, all of his voters. 
And how realistic is the referendum strategy the Group of Three is proposing? Well, uh, their argument is that, uh, uh, talking to strategists, is that they didn't have much of a chance of winning beforehand because they were frozen at about 40%. Uh, sovereignty movement hasn't moved much uh, since then. However, when they start promising sovereignty association with the kinds of uh, elements that are in this package, you know, the free flow of goods, uh, free flow of people, uh, uh, the, the joint monetary policy, well then, it begins begins to address what Quebecers keep telling uh, pollsters over and over what they want, and that is a new deal with Canada without going all the way to separation. So it's potentially very attractive. During the 1995 referendum, Bouchard would campaign for the WE campaign and would eventually gain the official leadership of the campaign. In the end, the referendum was narrowly defeated with 50.58% of voters choosing not to seek independence. Soon after the referendum loss, Jacques Parizeau resigned as leader of the Parti Quebecois. And on January 16, 1996, Bouchard would resign as leader of the Bloc Quebecois, and 11 days later was acclaimed as the new leader of the Parti Quebecois, becoming the 27th Premier of Quebec. Upon resigning from Parliament, Bouchard began to collect a $32,000 annual pension, which garnered him criticism in Canada since he would also receive $130,000 as salary to be Quebec's Premier. Bouchard would respond to the criticism, stating, quote, I earned it, it's mine, end quote. He would add that he earned it because of the eight years he spent in Ottawa during some of the best earning years of his life. As Premier, Bouchard would announce that he would not seek a referendum while he was leading the province. His main concern as Premier was the economic recovery of the province and reducing the deficit in the provincial budget. In the 1998 provincial election, he led the party into the Quebec general election, going up against his former colleague Jean Charest, who is now leading the Liberals. In the election, little change with the Parti Quebecois losing one seat and the Liberals gaining one seat. Heading into his second term as Premier, Bouchard would balance the budget of the province and expand the social safety net of the province by implementing pharmacare and universal child care. He would also refuse to grant provincial funding for the Montreal Expos for a new stadium, which would lead to the baseball team moving to Washington. Bouchard would state that his decision came down to the fact that he could not authorize funding for a baseball park when the province was being forced to close hospitals. On January 11, 2001, Bouchard would retire from politics, stating that the desire for independence was fading in the province, and he took responsibility for it. He would state, quote, I recognize that my efforts to quickly revive the debate on the national question were in vain, end quote. There were other reasons for the retirement, though, including spending more time with his sons. He would state, quote, I also want to live fully the marvelous adventure of educating my boys, who are 11 and 9 years old. End quote. Bouchard would go back to practicing law once again and began to sit on several boards, including the Montreal Symphony Orchestra. From 2011 to 2013, he was the president of Quebec Oil and Gas Association, and he would also serve as the mediator between Resolute Forest Products, the Quebec government, and the Korean Innu communities of Lac-Saint-Jean. For the most part, Bouchard would avoid making public comments on politics, only taking part in a panel event in 2010, and stated independence was out of reach for Quebec and did not offer any solutions for the province. He would accuse the Parti Québécois of being fixated on independence and could not offer solutions for the basic needs of the province. Many in the Parti Québécois would criticize him over these comments and call him an armchair quarterback. In 2011, Bouchard's second wife, Audrey, died of breast cancer at the age of 50. At the time, the couple were separated. 
On May 18, 2013, he would marry his third wife. In 2014, Bouchard stated that the Bloc Québécois was only supposed to last until the 1995 referendum, and its role was to prepare the ground for that referendum. He stated that the party staying around weakened Quebec's influence in Canada by limiting how many MPs from the province could serve as federal cabinet ministers. Bouchard has been honoured extensively in his life. He was presented the 125th anniversary of the Confederation of Canada Medal, he's received three honorary degrees, was made a commander of a Legion of Honour and a Grand Commander of the National Order of Quebec. In 2021, Bouchard was honoured with honorary citizenship in the city of Montreal in recognition to his contribution to the city's public life. Now I'll finish off this episode with what the National Post wrote on January 12, 2011, when Bouchard retired from politics. It says, quote, Indeed, he has an intellectual depth, an appreciation of logic and a sensitivity to the human condition that is uncommon in politicians. He was a larger-than-life figure of a type we rarely see on our political landscape. End quote. I hope you enjoyed that episode and my look at Lucien Bouchard. Next week, we're looking at Jill Duceppe. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. As well, again, if you want to support the podcast, you can for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. And you can donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. I'd also like to thank all of my wonderful patrons, and I apologize if I get any names incorrect. Robert Page, Richard D., Colin Johnson, Katie Caldwell, Jeff Hershey, Kyle Murray, Steve Pakin, Matthew Gartho, Lionel Romaine, Dr. Bob Turner, an anonymous patron that I truly do appreciate. Randy Hayden, Doug Campbell, Reg W., Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Nick Zinri, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Chauve, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Rawa, Luke S., J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. Information from Canadian Encyclopedia, CBC, Global News, Wikipedia, Maclean's, Edmonton Journal, Montreal Gazette, and The Ottawa Citizen. Thanks. We'll see you again next time. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. <laughs> and Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.